Well, be with us. We get into our Sunday school lesson uh, this morning as we look at a wonderful event where a soul was saved and what we might learn from that. Father, we'll thank you and love you for all that you're going to do today. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so we're looking at uh, Philip and the eunuch and uh, the Ethiopian eunuch, that is. And um, I wanted to kind of show a map and we'll, we'll read down through the scriptures, but I kind of wanted to show you uh, a little bit of where this was at. I think that's been helpful. And uh, let's see here. There we go. All right, so here's the area we're looking at. This is just something I pulled off the Internet. And uh, if you'll see there, uh, this was Philip's journey. And uh, let's see, I think I got... So there's Jerusalem, okay? And so he would leave Jerusalem on his preaching tour, if you will, and go up to Samaria... Uh, and then he would come back down, and eventually he would end up over there, uh, Gaza. Uh, today, the Gaza Strip, even. A lot of things going on there right now. And uh, so he um, uh, would, in this particular area right here, this is where he would come across the Ethiopian eunuch who was coming from Jerusalem himself, uh, uh, worshiping there uh, in uh, Jerusalem. And uh, now, as you see there kind of on your notes, you'll kind of notice in the introduction, you know, he didn't really know who or what he was worshiping because he wasn't really saved yet, but no doubt he had come from there. Um, and uh, he's on his way back from Jerusalem, uh, heading down to Ethiopia. And it's just because the, the way the lay of the land was and the roads and all. So he would there where, where the arrow is at Gaza, he would head back down to, uh, to Egypt or through Egypt uh, in, into Ethiopia. And uh, I had a picture here of, of what that area looks like. Uh, that's kind of what it looks like. It is a very arid desert place, uh, not a lot going on. So it kind of gives you, uh, from what I understand, and you've got to kind of be careful of these pictures, this is uh, what was called the Gaza Road at one time. And uh, so you kind of get an idea of the lay of the land and possibly uh, what it looked like uh, during, that, uh, during that time. And uh, so that kind of gives you the area that we're looking at. Uh, and then uh, we'll go back to that map. Now you'll notice uh, later that uh, after this encounter, um, uh, Philip would continue on north. And you see up through uh, uh, Azotus and then Joppa and then uh, eventually Caesarea. And you'll read, I think, in Acts chapter 21, uh, that's where Philip, uh, it kind of looks like that where he ends up living and Paul would, would stay there. And, and uh, so Philip, uh, a great man of God and, and was really used in a mighty and powerful way um, uh, throughout uh, the Bible as we'll, we'll see just this one encounter. And uh, so again, we're looking at this and, and uh, uh, as I mentioned a while ago, uh, he's on his way back. Uh, I'm sorry, the Ethiopian is on his way back from Jerusalem. Uh, going back to Ethiopia, and we're going to read how he's reading from uh, the book of Isaiah, and particularly Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7 through 8. Now Philip, who had been preaching, uh, again, in the city of Samaria where I just showed you, uh, he's going to be told by an angel of the Lord to go into the desert, and then he encounters the Ethiopian eunuch there where we was uh, talking about in that area of Gaza. Um, and in the end, of course, the Ethiopian eunuch would be saved, uh, and even baptized as well. 
And uh, so uh, letter C there on your introduction tells us that the Ethiopian eunuch allowed the word of God to speak to his heart. And that's really what it's all about, amen, is, is uh, getting the word of God out to people. This is really, for me, a great example of what we might call today one-on-one -on -one soul winning, amen. I mean, uh, I believe in one-on-one -on -one soul winning, don't you? I, I believe that's very, very important. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, verse 35, says, Then Philip opened his mouth, and he began at the same scripture uh, there where he was reading in Isaiah, and he preached unto him, that is the Ethiopian eunuch, Jesus. Uh, and folks, that's, uh, that's our job, amen, is to share uh, our Savior through the Word of God uh, with others. And so we're going to look at this story, and then, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll make some uh, uh, application and so forth as well. And uh, so let's get right into the story here. Just a little bit of background. Uh, Philip was a great man of God who was a deacon and evangelist. And we, we won't turn there right now, but in Acts chapter 6, you'll read about uh, him becoming a deacon. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 5 through 8, we, we read some things that really uh, uh, complement uh, uh, Philip as well. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, uh, uh, and preach Christ unto them. I, I want to stop here for just a moment, just kind of a side note. Uh, you say, well, Samaria was above Jerusalem. Well, remember, Jerusalem's up on a mountain, and so anytime you left Jerusalem, you went down. Okay? So even though it was north, he was still going down. And uh, so Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And uh, so we have here, you know, he's doing evangelistic work. Verse 6, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So, so Philip really did a lot of miracles and so forth as well. Uh, verse 7, For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. Uh, and there was great joy in that city. So Philip, you know, a very, you know, a very powerful witness for Christ, and certainly God used him uh, in a mighty and powerful way. And so we see there that uh, uh, he had been in the city of Samaria preaching the gospel. We won't turn there, but I mentioned Acts chapter 21. Later, you read about Philip being a blessing and a help to the Apostle Paul uh, as he was returning back to Jerusalem after his missionary journey. So, so Philip, a pretty prominent figure you know, in, the, in the early church, no doubt about that, uh, and certainly was used by God uh, in a mighty and powerful way. And so letter B, uh, Philip instructed by the angel of the Lord to go into the desert of Gaza. And if you remember the map up there, we read about that. We're going to skip on. There were some things that happened. We're not uh, covering all of that. We're going to jump over to chapter, or I'm sorry, verse 26, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, uh, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, an, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure <clears throat> and had come to Jerusalem uh, for to worship. You know, uh, just again, I want to remind you, you know, here's a man that was worshiping. Uh, he was, you know, went to Jerusalem to worship, but he, but he hadn't been saved yet. And certainly that's, uh, we see a lot of that today, don't we? Uh, verse 28. Uh, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, which we know to be Isaiah the prophet. And so, number one there, an Ethiopian eunuch returning from worshiping in Jerusalem. Uh, and we see there that he is reading from the book uh, of Isaiah. Okay, all right, so let's look at letter C. 
Philip is told uh, by the Spirit, that would be the Holy Spirit, to go to the chariot that the Ethiopian eunuch was traveling in. So let's read about that. It says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he, that's the Ethiopian eunuch, said, And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? You know, that's so important that we understand what we read. Amen. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And uh, so uh, Philip having a, a wonderful opportunity here to witness. And uh, so we see there, number one, uh, Philip hears the Ethiopian eunuch reading from the book of Isaiah and ask him if he knows what he is reading. In other words, do you comprehend, do you understand what this is saying? And of course the eunuch replies, how can he except someone show him, amen? Um, and uh, you know, that's why the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God is so important, amen? That we be taught right. You know, a lot of times people will read something in the Bible, but, but they get it wrong. They, don't, they, they take it out of context, and, and that's where we get a lot of the false belief systems and so forth that's out there. And uh, so that's why God raises up preachers, and in this case evangelists, and, and even laymen that know their Bible real well uh, to help people with that. So the Ethiopian replies, how can he accept someone show him? So he's reading it, he's not understanding it all, and he asks Philip to come up into the chariot uh, there with him. And then letter D, uh, the Ethiopian asks Philip uh, who the text is about. So he's reading about, uh, we know now, the Lord and Savior. He's reading about actually a prophecy of his crucifixion, uh, his death, that is. In Acts chapter 8, verse 32, let's go ahead and read that. The place of the scripture which he read was this, and he's quoting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb, dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. Verse 33, in his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare uh, his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip. So he's reading about, we know to be the Lord, but the eunuch's not, he don't really know. His, his, and he asks the question here, who, who's, who's this talking about right here? Verse 34, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh, speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man? Uh, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Amen. You know, that's, uh, that's so key. And so he began to explain to him, and no doubt other scriptures as well, that this was pointing to the Messiah. And of course, by this time, Philip had known that that was Jesus of Nazareth. And so again, all this pointed uh, to the Lord. You know, a lot of times, I, I say this a lot, you know, I think sometimes a lot of people are, are looking for a simple religious experience. They just kind of want to get religious about something. And so they pick some Bible and maybe go to a church. They don't really even know what that church preaches or teaches, but they're being religious and they're just looking for, you know, I'm going to try this for a while. It's kind of like another, you know, another uh, treatment center, you know. Uh, but, but what we need is the truth. Uh, and what I mean by that is people need to understand that Jesus Christ, amen, is, is the answer. It's not religion that you accept. It's Jesus Christ who you accept. And, uh, and, and that's so important to understand. And so Philip, again, being a great soul winner, uh, he preached uh, uh, him unto him Jesus. And we're to do the same thing, that is share, share the gospel. And it needs to be all about Jesus, not a lifestyle change or you know, those types of things. So important uh, that we do that.
then letter E, uh, as they continue on their journey, they came to some water. Uh, and it says there in verse 36, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? We're baptizing a couple of young ladies this morning, so I think this is fitting here. And uh, so what is, what is it that we need to do to be baptized? Well, look at verse 37. And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. <laughs> What's he talking about? Believing in what? Believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In other words, we're saved, then we're baptized. Amen. Uh, the, these ladies that are going to be baptized this morning, they're not being baptized to be saved, but they're being baptized because they're saved, you see. And so that's important to understand. I know I say that a lot, but I'm going to keep saying a lot, okay? And uh, so, uh, again, Philip said, Believest with all thine heart thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe at this point the Ethiopian eunuch is saved and on his way to heaven. Amen? And then uh, it says in verse 38, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water. That's key. They went into the water. Uh, and Phil, both Philip and the eunuch. It'd be hard for Philip and the eunuch to get into a little basin, right, and, and be baptized. You see where I'm getting at? Okay. Uh, we believe in immersion, not sprinkling, but immersion. And, and this is one of the many reasons. There's other verses as well. Uh, uh, says both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And uh, so a couple of things there. The Ethiopian asked about baptism. Uh, he explains, Philip, that is, uh, to be baptized, you must believe with all his heart, and certainly the Ethiopian made a profession of faith, and uh, they both go down into, so important to understand, the water, and the Ethiopian is baptized by Philip. And uh, so some key things there. That's, that's a very important little passage of Scripture. And then uh, letter F, when they came up out of the water, Philip is caught away by the Spirit of the Lord. This has always fascinated me, and, and uh, uh, maybe one day I can ask Philip about that. I mean, could you imagine just being somewhere, and then all of a sudden you're somewhere else? And uh, it says, and when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. I take that to mean he just vanished, and he went on his way. That's the Ethiopian rejoicing, but Philip was found... Uh, at uh, Azotus, uh, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea, you know, went up through Joppa, as we saw on the map a while ago. And uh, so, praise the Lord, the Ethiopian went on his way rejoicing. He's been saved and baptized, and uh, hopefully he found a local New Testament church to join when he got back to Ethiopia, right? Uh, Philip was found in Azotus, and uh, Philip would continue on into Caesarea, preaching in many cities, and I think eventually uh, uh, living there in Caesarea. As you get all the way back to Acts chapter 21, you'll see that. And so that's the story, and we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to what we learn and some principles here in just a moment. But does anybody have any question about the story itself? Uh, uh, yes, Brother Billy. Yes, yes. Yes, that is good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's been uh, brought up before and things that I've read uh, because there was a very strong church. I want to say Thomas. Isn't Thomas connected to that somehow too? Does anybody know? Has anybody ever studied that out? 
uh, you know, the disciple Tom, doubting Thomas. I, I want to say that he ended up in Ethiopia. I'm not sure, but I think they did actually died a martyr down there. But I, I could be getting my wires crossed there. But, uh, but uh, Brother Billy just sharing that there was a very strong first, second century uh, Christian church there. And who knows if this Ethiopian eunuch was, was a part of that, you know, maybe even uh, helped get it going. So very interesting. Yes, Miss Pauline. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am, that's the prophet Isaiah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. He's actually quoting from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, verse 7 and 8, I think, or 6 and 7. But uh, it's just spelled differently in the Greek. The other's Hebrew. You know, it's just a difference of languages. Yeah, 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 it's, the, it's Isaiah, it's Isaiah. And the reason we know that, because if you compare Scripture with Scripture, that's found in the book of Isaiah. Yeah, 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 good questions, good questions. Yeah, amen, that's fine, that's what we're here for. All right, anybody else? Brother Bob? Mm -hmm, sure. Oh, yeah, amen. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and we'll get into what we learn here a little bit, but one, one thing, too, that, you know, as Brother Bob's commenting there, is, um, is it any less important for us to witness to individuals? I mean, somebody, let's think about more modern times. Somebody had to witness to D.L. Moody and Charles Spurgeon, right? John R. Rice, somebody had to leave. You see what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm just trying to get you to understand. We just never know who we're going to be involved with uh, sharing the gospel and that person gets saved and go on to do who, who knows what. <laughs> Amen? You know, and uh, so, so very, very interesting. It's why it's important. You know, again, I, I really believe in one-on-one -on -one, uh, soul winning. I think it's uh, so important. So, all right, great questions, great comments. Oh, yes, Brother Brad. Right. Yeah. Amen. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. What What happens a lot? Just to to add on to what Brother Brad is saying, that you know, there there are a lot of uh, I would just call them cults. You know, false belief systems that that use a Bible. You know, and. And uh, now a lot of times they have other readings as well, and that should always be a red flag right there. You know, it's like, okay, I don't want nothing to do with that. But, but there are some. So, so you say, how does that happen? What happen how does that work? Well, it's because they just kind of piecemeal things together. In other words, they come up with what they think, and then they just pull scriptures and plug those in to fit their fancy. Uh, and there's just a lot of belief systems out there that are like that, and it's unfortunate. But when you compare Scripture to Scripture, line, on it, line item upon line on them, precept upon precept, so forth and so forth, uh, we understand, just like, you know, uh, Miss Pauline's good question, how do we know that's Isaiah? Well, we compare the Scriptures. No doubt Isaiah said those very things, so we know that he was talking about Isaiah. Uh, somebody that may not know would say, well, we don't know that was Isaiah. Why is it spelled different? Well, here's why. And that's what the Ethiopian eunuch, he needed somebody to explain to him uh, these things uh, that uh, understands the Bible, understands the Word of God. So, so, so very important. Uh, so, so praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
All right, so let's get into what we learn. <clears throat> and we learn, first of all, God loved the Ethiopian eunuch and sent Philip with the gospel of Christ to him. Brother Bob just mentioned that. I mean, uh, this was something that was ordained by God. And, and uh, praise the Lord, as it says there, number one, God used the faithfulness of Philip to get the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. And I just want to, you know, I just want to encourage you guys. God wants to use you as an individual the very same way. Amen. Um, and uh, so we have to be faithful in that. You know, Philip could have said, man, Gaza, the desert. You know, I've been up here in Samaria preaching to the multitudes, man. I, I get a big crowd every morning and people are getting saved and, and we're healing and doing all this. And now the Lord wants me to go down to Gaza where there's, I mean, it's, you saw the picture of it, right? It's like, Wow. You know, I don't want, you know, why, why would I want to do that? Well, God, God told him to. <laughs> and praise the Lord for his faithfulness, amen. And as Brother Billy mentioned, that could be one of the very reasons why uh, thousands of souls were saved later through the first and second century down there. So it's important that Philip was faithful, but also important that we're faithful as well. <clears throat> and certainly, number two, the Ethiopian was saved. Now remember, he came come from worshiping from Jerusalem, but he wasn't saved. Very important. And so the Ethiopian was saved. And uh, for us, believers should be sensitive and obedient, you know. I mean, how many times are we sensitive to something and we don't follow it through with obedience? God stirs our heart, you know, maybe I should go see this person, maybe I should share, but, but we don't do it. So it's not just being sensitive, but obedient to the Lord's leading when He directs us to share the gospel with others. That word share is important. See, you can't save anybody. God can only save. And really, I, I always try, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see somebody bow their head and accept Christ their Savior. Man, that, that's, to me, that's, to me, that's the greatest thing that we can do on this side of eternity. Nothing else for me compares to that, okay? But we know that doesn't always happen. But here's the thing. You're successful as soon as you share. That's all God asks you to do. It's between them and God after that, not you. you I'm just saying, if, if people don't get saved, it's not because you're failing, you share the gospel, amen? And, and it's because they fail, not, not you. Uh, and God will certainly bless you uh, with that. So that's important to understand. <clears throat> reason I say that, you know, oh, one-on-one, so when it doesn't work anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, yes, it does. Uh, that's until God says not do it anymore. That's what we need to do, right? All right, so letter B, what we learned from Philip on one-on-one, soul winning. And these are just some things for us to, to understand as well. Uh, he listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we know what that is. We know when God lays on our heart to, to speak to somebody or, you know, it's late at night and somebody just kind of comes across our heart and mind and, and that's, that's God speaking to you. Uh, he also went to where the lost were, you know, uh, two by two, right? I mean, that's, that's what we need to do. We need to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Uh, he went not only to the poor, but to the rich, this Ethiopian eunuch, very well off, very powerful. Uh, but he led him to the Lord. And Philip asked questions, you know, that's, that's important uh, as well. I'm hoping maybe this spring to do some, uh, some soul winning training. And, uh, but that's one of the things that I really try to encourage people to do. You know, there are certain questions that we can ask people that will really give us a, a spiritual temperature as to where they're at. In other words, if you, if you ask certain questions, you can tell right away where they're at in their Bible knowledge and, and you know, understanding of salvation just by the way they answer those questions, okay? And they're not evasive. They don't put them on the spot or anything like that. So, so that's, uh, that's important. But, but Philip, he did. He, he asked him questions. 
Um, and uh, through those questions was able to realize that, that this man needed to be saved. And uh, so certainly we, we learned that uh, uh, very, very plainly. All right, so uh, that's what we learned. We'll get into the principles there on the back of your notes uh, here in just in a moment. But does anybody have anything they'd like to say or add or a question perhaps? Miss Barbara? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Number five, uh, Philip used scripture to share the gospel. And number six, Philip preached Jesus, which we've talked about that already. So, amen. Can't always get it all on the screen. <laughs> all right. Okay. So any questions, comments? Hallelujahs or amens or anything like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So that's what we learn. And then uh, let's look at some principles, principles to be applied. And we're going to talk about baptism. Um, and uh, we're going to look at some scriptures there. Uh, but uh, baptism after salvation. Again, we look at Acts chapter 8, uh, verse 36 to 37. I do want to read it again because I think it's so important. And as they went on their way, they came. Now, he's already talked to him, told him, you know, preach Jesus unto him. Uh, they came to certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And we see there very plainly, verse 37, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And so he's talking about believing. He's talking about accepting the truth of what he's heard. Also in Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 41, and here's where we get the program. Uh, in other words, uh, what our job is as a local New Testament church here in West Plains is to see folks saved, uh, baptized, and added to the church. Uh, and then certainly we could say discipled and trained. But we see that pattern here, even in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through 41. And with many other words, talking about Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, he did testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word. And so there's number one, they're saved. Uh, were baptized, uh, so they're baptized, and in the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That is, added to the church, the local New Testament church there in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 18, verse 8, And Crispus, he was a chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. And so we see there that not only he, but his family believed, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed, so others were saved, and were baptized. So we see that, salvation and baptism. And uh, so baptism after salvation. Baptism number two uh, is commanded. And uh, we uh, read in Acts chapter 10, verse 47 through 48. Again, uh, uh, some Gentiles that have been saved. He says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Now, can anybody be saved that, that had, you know, or not be saved if they didn't have the Holy Ghost in them? So obviously these folks had the Holy Ghost. They'd been saved, right? To me, this is just compelling. I mean, to me, it just is plain as day. So these had received the Holy Ghost. They were saved. Um, and he's saying they need to be baptized. <laughs> he said they believe they have the Holy Ghost. How'd they know they had the Holy Ghost? Well, remember, in the first century church, there were things unique to the first century church. In this case, they had spoken in tongues, okay, which was known languages. You know, we've talked about that. But what I'm trying to get you to understand, they knew that these people had been saved, and once they were saved, they needed to be baptized. Amen. It's, it's very plain. I just, I don't know why people uh, get bogged down in that, but they do. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then prayed they, him, to tarry certain days. Uh, so baptism is commanded... 
Uh, no doubt about that. And number three, Christ's own baptism was an example. Matthew 3, there on your notes, 13 through 15. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Uh, he's fixing to commence his public ministry. Uh, but John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it uh, to be so for now. Or I'm sorry, suffer it to be so now. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. So Christ's own baptism certainly was an example for us to follow as well. Uh, number four, uh, baptism identifies the believer with Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, uh, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Corinthians 2.12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. You know, the uh, up here on our table it says, as many churches have, this do in remembrance of me. That's in response, you know, we think of the Lord's Supper. But the Lord's Supper and baptism, uh, believer's baptism, are what we call ordinances of the church. And they both point to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, these girls are going to be baptized. They're making a public profession that, first of all, they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're also testifying to their own resurrection someday, but they're also testifying that now they belong to Christ. Uh, the old man, if you will, uh, is buried, and the new man uh, comes up out of the water, if you will. Now, again, that, that's a representation of what has already happened uh, in their life and, and certainly in their heart. So very important to understand. And so, uh, baptism identifies the believer uh, with Christ. Baptism is by immersion. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 8, verse 38. Um, uh, we read there, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water. So, this took a, uh, you know, a, a good amount of water. <laughs> you know, you, you have to have a lot of water to go down into it, right? Um, uh, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. I should have put this on the notes, but the word baptize itself comes from a word, uh, baptizio, I think is how you say it, but it had to do with dyeing garments. In other words, to change the color of a, of a garment, okay? You couldn't just sprinkle that, you know, that's what the hippies do, you know, but... But, but, but you, have to, you have to, if you want that garment to be completely red or blue or whatever it was, you had to submerge it. You had to baptize it beneath the surface in order for it to be. So the word baptism, I mean, literally it means immersion. <laughs> it means to put under. Uh, but we also see examples uh, in the Bible uh, as well. Uh, even Jesus' own baptism, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 uh, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Okay, so obviously he was baptized in a, in a, a large body of water. Um, even John, it says when John was baptizing, because there was much water in that area, uh, you know, down by Jericho there at the Jordan. Uh, but Mark chapter 1, verse 9, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. <laughs> So, you know, the river, you know, so, so again, these are just some things that help us to understand that that baptism uh, is by immersion. Amen. Uh, I, I've got a, a dear friend of mine. I believe he's saved. He's going to heaven. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he was saved years ago uh, uh, in a uh, Methodist church. And, 
And I, I believe he's saved. I mean, he gives a clear presentation of the gospel. Um, uh, attended the church that I pastored for many years. Still goes there. Uh, but he won't be a member because he's never been scripturally baptized. He was sprinkled. And, uh, and uh, he's hard-headed. 30-year Marine. I don't know what it is about these Marines, but uh, they, just, they just won't get it. Amen? And uh, uh, so, but, uh, uh, but, but according to the Word of God, he, he has not been scripturally baptized. Now, he's going to heaven. I believe he's saved, but, but he, he hasn't. And, and of course, uh, that's his conviction. You know, that's fine, but, but I, I, hope he, I hope he will someday. <laughs> I hope he will someday. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Any questions or comments, uh, Brother Bob? Yeah, I think it would. It, you know, and he's a little carnal. You know, he, he kind of struggles with, he's kind of got a foul mouth on him, and he, you know, he, he does struggle, you know, w with some things. Um, I think a lot of that's the Marines. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, yeah, he, you know, um, and, and I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, if, if we're not obedient in that, then we're probably not going to be obedient. It's not going to be a big deal in other areas as well, where God obviously commands us to do something. So, yeah, it's, it's a hindrance. Yeah. Amen. Good point. Yeah, you know that that's kind of there's there's some the Southern Baptists really take a harder stand than we do on being rebaptized. You know they they pretty much believe you know if even if you were truly saved and scripturally baptized, they think you need to be baptized into the Baptist Church. I'm not that way. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but, but I'm not. If somebody was scripturally saved and scripturally baptized, that because you're saved, baptized, then added to the church. Okay. So, so if they've done those things, no matter the timeline, to me, you've been saved, yep. You've been baptized, yep. Okay, you can join the church. Okay. Uh, now, certainly if, if somebody was baptized in the Mormon church or, you know, some you know, where there's just definitely doctrinal differences that, in other words, they, they weren't truly saved, then yes, they need to be baptized because they weren't really baptized before. They were dunked and got wet, but they weren't really baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's how I've handled it over the years. It can get sticky. <laughs> you know, I've upset a lot of people over the years because, I mean, it's kind of a sentimental thing, you know, and mom and dad were there and the pictures are all hanging on the walls and come to find out they weren't even saved. You know, it's just hard for people to get over that, but we have to stick with the Bible, right? <laughs> good, good questions. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, Miss Barbara. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. sure. John the Baptist, again, was somewhat of a transitionary. In other words, he was preparing for the Savior. In other words, his was a baptism of repentance. And again, it was just an outward show that, hey, we do need to repent. Um, so, so his wasn't uh, necessarily like our baptism is today. You know, we're baptized looking back at the cross and the, you know, uh, his bear, death, burial, and resurrection as well. I thought I saw another hand shoot up right here. Oh, yes, Brother Leon. Mm-hmm. 
Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You're right. You're right. He's, he's certainly sufficient. That's for sure. Brother Brad? Yes, sir. That is an interesting analogy. I've never heard that before. Amen. <laughs> amen. That's pretty good. So, amen. Uh, so, yeah, that's an interesting one. I'll have to think on that one a little bit. And uh, I have mentioned before over the years, you know, that, that some Christians are so sour that I think they was baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> I have said that before. You know, but, uh, uh, but uh, amen. Amen. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sure. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right. That's right. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. And 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 you did. You, I understood it. Yeah. You, you know. And that's what he's saying. The baptism represents that that permanent change that's already happened to us. You know, we're saved, born again. Amen. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Amen. You know, sometimes we, we shy away from doctrinal teaching and preaching, and, and I think it's been to our hurt over the years, don't you? Uh, you know, we're just talking about doctrine here today, and, and there's excitement in you guys' voices. And, you know, I mean, because we know this is true. Amen. This, this is of God. This isn't a man-made, you know, this comes straight from heaven. Amen. And uh, so exciting stuff, exciting stuff. All right, we've got time for one more. If anybody has another question or comment, all right. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life, your love, mercy, your grace. And, uh, Father, just thank you for loving us the way that you do. And, uh, Father, just praying, dear God, that you'll continue to speak to our hearts, Lord. We thank you for the truth of God. And, uh, Lord, I just realized Brother Brad has it up there now. Our lesson next week will be uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh, another great lesson, Lord. A lot of things that we can learn doctrinally about suffering. And uh, so, Father, we certainly want to pray about that lesson as well. But, Lord, what we've heard here today, Lord, uh, just help, it to, uh, help us to have confidence in our salvation. And, uh, Father, if we have confidence in our salvation, certainly we'll want to share that with others and, Father, we will be personally uh, involved in, in uh, sharing the gospel with others. And, uh, Father, I know sometimes we first get saved, or maybe we just haven't been in a position for whatever reason not to grow in the Lord. Father, let this be an encouragement. Uh, uh, Father, uh, a help to us to want to learn the Word of God so that I might be uh, a little better uh, at sharing the gospel. That is the truth. Uh, with the lost. Uh, so, Father, help us in that as well. Looking forward to the preaching hour. Father, as we continue uh, our preaching uh, on, uh, on the death of the Christian Lord and looking at some things as far as heaven's concerned today, Father, pray that you'll speak to hearts, lead, guide, and direct. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right.